Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is May 22nd. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and we're going to be studying in Joseph Smith Matthew. We talked a little bit yesterday about Joseph Smith Matthew and how it's basically a retranslation of Matthew chapter 24. There's nothing really in here too much that's different than what's in Matthew 24. It's just kind of said in different ways and rearranged and put in different ways. And it's so much easier to understand here in this translation. So I absolutely love it. Yesterday, we talked about the question that the disciples had about the end of the world or the destruction of the wicked. And yesterday, we talked specifically about how the Savior's very first response to that as he's preparing them for his second coming and as he's preparing them to see the signs of the time, the very first thing that he warns them about is deception. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit today about this idea that deception is a sign of the times and it's a sign that we are seeing very much in our day and age. Now, before we get into this, I want to preface it just a little bit because I think it can be easy when we see people who go through faith crisis or who leave the church to just kind of write them off and say, oh, they were deceived, right? Well, yes, deception is a sign of the time and deception does play a part in that. But I think it's important that we recognize that that process, that wrestle that they go through is a little more nuanced than that that they struggle, that they fight, that they are trying so hard to keep their testimonies. I know I've had conversations with loved ones who have left the church, and that process for them was really painful and really excruciating as they wrestled with different things. However, I do think it is important that we recognize that the adversary is working overtime in our day and age, and he's doing anything and everything to try to pull us off the covenant path and to try to deceive us. So I just kind of wanted to put that preface out there that yes, absolutely 100%, this is a sign of the times and it is the work of the adversary, but that for those going through it, those who are struggling in faith crisis or those who have left, it doesn't feel as black and white as that. So let's take again a look at these scriptures where the Savior is warning us about deception. He says, take heed that no man deceive you, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, are there false Christs in our day? Absolutely. But I do think that this can be any fake system of worship. It can be any deceptive system of worship that's very pervasive in our day. It goes on to say, Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. This is a direct prophecy for the twelve from the Savior. In fact, every single member of the Twelve suffered a very violent, very scary death, except for John. So that's definitely a prophecy that came to be. Then it goes on and says, and many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. This is interesting because this in and of itself is a form of deception. Offense or taking offense by different things is a form of self-deception. If you're unfamiliar with that term self-deception, it's something that has been studied and spoken of a lot in recent years. But basically, it's the practice of allowing yourself to believe a false or an unvalidated feeling or believing that an unvalidated situation is true. And so isn't that really what taking offense is? 
something happens, we tell ourselves a story, we tell ourselves that someone was meaning to hurt us, tell ourselves all sorts of stories, and we begin to believe that they're true, even though it's unvalidated or it's not necessarily true. That self-deception is such a dangerous thing because it can so easily lead to this offense or feeling betrayed by others. The Savior goes on and he warns us to beware of false prophets that will arise and deceive many. Now, again, I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday and we talked about it last week, but I think it's so interesting that the Savior warns about false prophets that will arise. My friends, if the Savior warns us about false prophets that arise, that means that he knew that there would be true prophets that would arise. If there were not going to be true prophets to arise, then the Savior just would have warned us about prophets coming forth. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't say beware of prophets or anyone who claims to be a prophet. He says beware of any false prophets, leading us to believe that true prophets would be a part of the latter days as well. The scriptures teach us about how we can know the difference between a false prophet and a true prophet, and we can do that through their fruits. The fruit of Joseph Smith as a prophet was the Book of Mormon. As we gain a testimony of the Book of Mormon, as we grow to love the Book of Mormon and feel the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon, we can know the truth of Joseph Smith as a prophet. So those are the first things that the Savior is going to warn his disciples about with these signs of the times. And then skipping ahead, he's going to repeat it again. In verse 22, it says, For in those days there shall also arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if possible, they shall deceive the very elect, who are elect according to the covenant. So they're not just going to deceive elect people, but elect members of the church, elect covenant-keeping members of the church. But what I love about this verse and what brings me comfort about this verse is that it doesn't just say that they will deceive many. It says, if possible, they will deceive many. I have this scripture cross-reference to verse 37 of Joseph Smith Matthew, which teaches us what we can do to counteract the effects of the false Christ and the false prophets and all the deception that would arise in our world. Verse 37 teaches us how we can inoculate ourselves against those things. It says, and whosoever treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. We can find safety and security from deception through treasuring up the word of God. I think that that's such an important and interesting thing to note, because like I said, I've talked to many people, loved ones who have left the church, and they say that they have studied, that they read so much, that they did so much research before coming to the decisions that they made. And my answer is always, but what did you research? What were you studying? Were you giving equal time to the things of the spirit as you were to things that would destroy faith? I have yet to meet someone whose answer to that is yes that they gave equal time. If we are to protect ourselves from deception that would happen in the last days, we have to be willing to treasure up the word of God, to lay a hold of that word and hold on tight. The scriptures will act as a protection and a shield for us as we treasure them up. Back in 2004, Elder Oaks gave a talk about deception. And I love this talk because it gives a couple of different examples of ways that the adversary tries to deceive us in these latter days. In that talk, he says that the first way that the adversary will try to deceive us is to mislead us about whom we should follow. 
Then he says, in other words, many will seek to deceive us by saying that they or their teachings will save us. So there is no need for a savior or for his gospel. Second, he says, Satan also seeks to deceive us about right and wrong and persuade us that there is no such thing as sin. The prophet Nephi described where this leads. The devil says, there is no hell and I am no devil for there is none. And thus he whispereth in their ears until he grasps them with his awful chains from whence there is no deliverance. Third, Elder Oak said, the prophet Nephi warns against another kind of deception. And others will he pacify and lull them away into carnal security, that they will say, All is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth, and all is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls, and leadeth them carefully down to hell. Those who fall for this deception may profess to believe in God, but they do not take his commandments or his justice seriously. They are confident in their own prosperity and conclude that God must have accepted their chosen route. My friends, those are just a few ways that Elder Oak shares that the adversary will try to deceive us in our day. But I believe that there are many more and that if we're to be safe, if we are to be steadfast and cling to the iron rod, we have to be aware of the adversary's tactics. We have to be aware of his deceptions. We have to be willing to call him out for the lies that he tells. My friends, I testify that our Father in Heaven has given us everything that we need to protect ourselves against the lies of the adversary. And as we stand steadfast in truth and cling and treasure up the Word of God with all our hearts, we can find safety and peace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 